For instance, like if I said to you, where were you on the 24th of July last year? Probably you wouldn't be able to... That was my birthday. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> really? yeah I can tell you exactly what I was. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's my birthday, dude. Really? Uh, do we have the same birthday? That's incredible. <laughs> Welcome to the Tales from the Treehouse podcast. This show is powered by Missing Link, who has been saving the world one board audience at a time. So if you are looking for extraordinary results, then you have come to the right place because we are about to take you on a journey of leadership that will rock your world. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tales from the Treehouse podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brown. And in today's episode, we're going to break some really bad news to you guys. And that bad news is this. Your conference sucks. And we're going to tell you why. And I've got with me on this particular episode, Don Donovan and Christo, who shall not be named further than that. <laughs> but Christo is, in fact, a... Uh, a, 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 a what is he saying? Head of strategy. Head of strategy. Of one of the big banks of one of not allowed to name. <laughs> <laughs> that is, in fact, a true story. Right. <laughs> Beep bank. <laughs> Beep. There we go. Beep bank. The big blue one, guys. Okay, here we go. So <laughs> why do people have conferences? I mean, I mean, just what I've seen out there, you know, with, with what I do, which is effectively to help B2B businesses mainly tell stories. And when I when I speak to clients such as Christo or whoever it might be, if they're in the B2B space, I find that there's kind of like the status quo of we're going to throw a conference simply because it's hard to target your decision maker. It's hard to reach them at the right time. They're oftentimes very busy, right? So I'm talking purely from a marketing communications perspective. Let's throw a conference, get them all around a room. We'll set up some stands and hopefully we'll generate some leads and some rapport. That's one example. Other instances for conferences are kind of like the end of year conferences, right? Or, or beginning of the year conference. Strategy conferences. Strategy conferences. What are we going to do this year? You know? yeah. 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 Exactly. So one, why do we still have conferences and why do they suck? I can tell you why most people have conferences. Exactly what you mentioned, Matt. It was they feel like it just needs to get done and they need to communicate stuff, right? That's the basic thing. People need to know what's going on, so we need to have a conference and uh, the people need to be a part of this. Uh, and then they decide to book a venue yeah, and yeah. get them together. You know, we, we've seen it's almost like your December holiday. You know, you, you, mm. you book it the next year for, for the following year. It's just it's kind of like what you do. Um, and we've seen it with, our, with a lot of our, 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 our clients. Yeah, I think often um, big corporates see conferences as an opportunity to incentivize staff. They, they're not really clear about what they want to achieve, but they think they're doing staff a favor by bringing them together and entertaining them. But there's no real objective. Yeah. Why though? I mean, it's almost nonsensical. I mean, what does it cost you on average? I mean, maybe you guys can jump in because you guys kind of facilitate conferences all the time, right? But what does it typically cost approximately? If you have, say, 30 executives or maybe even a whole division, I mean, what kind of numbers are we talking about? Well, I think um, people actually don't ever really think about the cost of a conference. You know, firstly, you don't have staff doing their day jobs during the conference period, but also um, there's the cost of the event and bringing them together. Often it involves flights and technical elements, etc. And then uh, lastly, um, the cost of not having a clear call to action or a clear objective of the, of, of the conference. And um, it runs into millions very quickly, I think. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's a, the difference between the budget for a conference and the cost of 
a conference. It's a very, very different, different story. Yeah. So if you ask about just the budget of a conference, I mean, it's, it's a crystal, right? There's millions, right? We're going to spend X amount of million because it is the flights, it's the accommodations, the venue costs, it's, you know, little silly bloody finger foods um, that they drops. think people <laughs> room, room drops. drops. <laughs> yeah, here's a, What's yeah. a room drop? Room drop is a little gift. So when, you, when you've gone and you've uh, done your, your little business session, you've gone for a quick shower before the gala dinner, and there's a nice little gift of something in your room. Brilliant. A little piece of chocolate, <laughs> bottle of wine. Is that book? what it was? <laughs> yeah. Anything. You know, if it's depending on what kind of conference it is, it just depends on what kind of stuff they bring. I've had a, uh, a jar of uh, dry hot chocolate once. I've uh, had sweets. I've had socks, uh, T-shirts, you name it. There's don't confuse your room drop. With the chocolate that you get when they turn your bed. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> but, it's, but why? Glad you made that clear. <laughs> why? Because it's exactly as Christmas. It's like incentivizing stuff, making them feel... Uh, uh, A little special. Yeah, special in that you, you care and you've thought about them. What you've actually done is you've thought about a nice gift that's going to cost not too much <laughs> and that you can give to everybody and go into every single room with a master key at the Sun City Cabanas and put something into your room. Hopefully, you haven't left stuff lying around yeah. I can hear those corporate gifting guys cringing right now. <laughs> it, it's weird when you get the room dropper in your room. Oh. Dropping. <laughs> Caught them in the act. Uh, oh, my word. MG. <laughs> Right. That's so. 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 It is also one of those, and we were talking about it earlier. Those perifs, right? Yeah. It's everything around the outside of the actual real reason you're there in the first place. But what is the real reason? Because it can't be just about uh, making me feel special as a as a potential leader, right? Uh, it's got to be. To your point, I mean, clearly there's obviously a disconnect between why you have conferences, making your staff feel special, but surely there's a business intent behind this whole thing. Well, there or has to at be. least they're very shitty. Yeah. 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 So at the beginning, in, in episode one, Matt, we spoke about activating audiences and how leaders need to activate the audience. This is exactly the same thing. Whether you're a leader, whether you are putting together a new part of the strategic imperatives in certain parts of the business, whatever it is, you need to make sure that the guys leave with something. Right, and they leave doing something or thinking differently. But often the cases we've seen a lot of conferences where the guys come to us and say, "We just it's just a review," and I don't believe that's enough. Mm -mm. If it's just a report of, is a review for sure to see where you've come from. But there has to be. You have to give them something to do. Yeah, I think and the reality is that people, and especially conference organizers, corporates, don't think enough of what they want to achieve through right. pulling people right. together. They we're going to communicate stuff. But they're not clear around what they want to communicate. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so this, I mean, this comes straight out of the, the victory condition discussion that we had in episode two, because when, you know, you first have to define what that is, but this is the critical moment where you get to disseminate this amongst the people, the people that are actually going to activate that strategy and, and make it real and bring it to life. And yet this is where the opportunities are being missed because it is seen as networking. It's seen as that moment for that upscope. You know, we've, we've seen some of these barbels and it's through the roof, um, you know, and, and, and that's the problem right there. Mm. And I want to come back to cost later, but I think I want to just step back and detour a little bit around the kind of experience of a conference, right? Because for me, like, where's the fun? Because if I'm going to go to a conference, it doesn't matter whether it's done by a bank, whether it's done by Missing Link, or whether it's done by a media company, or even if it's done by myself. But I, my whole intent around this whole thing is it should be fun. 
Right. But it isn't in many instances. So, yeah, yeah. And, and we often say to people as well, so we talk about missing links, WTF is where's the fun, right? And there has to be fun. Now, fun isn't crazy clowns or people swinging from trapezes or whatever it is. Fun is the, the, the difference of the opposite of boring should be memorable, right? Mm. Fun is a good way to help get that across. So in whatever manner that's done, and I know in a few episodes time, we're going to be talking about the day, uh, what we refer to as the day two stuff facilitation, which helps get that um, uh, message across. But often what people confuse is, and Donovan said now, the whole opscope. Getting together is a very, I believe, very important part of a conference as well. Don't get me wrong. But it's also about making sure that these guys uh, enjoy it. And when you enjoy stuff, you are attached to it a lot stronger than yeah. if it's just rubbish. So the other key thing there as well is that if your presenters are not having fun and if they're doing this because, oh my word, you know, the CEO says I have to present at the conference and they're hating it, I mean, how can you possibly expect the audience to, to be engaged and, and to be excited about it? So it is around, you know, uh, making sure that, that, that what's being delivered is done in a very excitable way um, but it is around, like, like Don was saying, is that you, you form your best uh, learning through memorable experiences. And often those memorable experiences need to be uh, uh, different to the norm. It can't be the mundane. And, and fun is a great way to activate that learning in an unexpected way. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the kind of anecdotes <clears throat> that I love to share is if we think about life, we're, we don't remember life in days. But we remember them in moments. moments yeah. So, for instance, like if I said to you, "Where were you on the twenty fourth of July last year?" Probably wouldn't be able. To... That was my birthday. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? yeah I can tell you exactly <laughs> where I was. Oh man, <laughs> that's my birthday. <laughs> really? Uh, do we have the same birthday? That's incredible. I'm like, are you kidding me now? No, right? I'm dead serious. I hope it was spectacular. Oh my god. Okay. okay. So you're excluded. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 <laughs> um, we should just leave. Like, you know, I, I, that's so bizarre. Okay. Anyway, that's cool. But anyway. <laughs> so so but generally speaking, like you don't remember where you were. Like, let's pick another date. The twenty first of April, right? So but that's thing, my button up. No, 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 you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but um but my point being is here, like, but you remember the day you got married or the day that you graduated or the day that you got your driver's license. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so if this is how we remember things, and to your point, remembering is a key uh kind of, I don't know, peg in the sand around being able to remember a great experience that you had. And because you remember this moment, you also remember the associated learnings that you receive from that experience, right? So fun sure. experiences could be an anchor, right, to that memory. So if I'm just telling you a certain thing about my strategy, that's one thing. But if I'm doing it in a way that's going to help you understand it better, so like we would use, um, the guy spoke about game theory and game mechanics in the Victor Condition episode. If you can use things like that to help get uh, uh, analogies and metaphors that will apply really smartly to what you're trying to uh, get across, people can tie into that better. Right, and that's where the fun can come in. It's about yeah, enjoying yeah. that moment. It's almost like putting the fun in functional, right? Because it needs to be functional. I cannot stress this enough. Yeah. At the end of the day, but I think it's important that the fun's not around the periphery 100%. of the conference. It's yeah, got to yeah. be in the conference, yes. in whatever the message is that you want to land. What people experience when they're participating in the conference—that's where the fun's got to be. This is actually a good time to 
bring in a bit of a history of why Missing Link started in the first place, right? Cool. So this the steak and garnish is is a, is a beautiful metaphor for this. Back in the day, in the late nineties, when he was still a still a pup, uh, Rich worked for an, uh, a staging and events company, and he was a lighting guy for all these rock shows like Iron Maiden and Def Leppard and things like that. Uh, and in winter time, you know, not many artists, international artists, come to South Africa because it's too cold and we don't like to go outside and we're big babies. So uh, he went to his boss at the time with the staging company. He said, "Dude, we need to uh, sweat these assets. I'm going to go to these corporates and I'm going to give their conferences. I'm going to make the conferences like rock shows." Right, and these conferences are going to be amazing. They're going to be off the charts, and that's what we went out and did. And if anyone has ever met Rich, he's Captain Persuasion, right? So he could sell anything, and he did. He went out and he sold the hell out of these things. And there was big lights and sound and these gobos of logos of Nedbank or FNB or Absa or any of the other banks. <laughs> that doesn't along, work for. Yeah, blasting along <laughs> the walls and fireworks and trapeze and then CEOs walking through the middle of aisles, high-fiving everybody and bras and panties being thrown and children sacrificing. It's just amazing, right? Crazy, crazy. It's a rock show. And the CEO would get to the front and he'd be like, like Ozzy Osbourne. And, yeah, give me a standard. Give me a net bank. Give me a blah, blah, discovery. Uh, Hello, Sun <laughs> <laughs> So the Steve Ballmer effect. Right, oh. the Steve Ballmer. And then he would get to the front and stand behind the podium and click to his first slide and start boring the hell out of people with PowerPoint. And Richard sit at the back. And if uh, you've ever been to a conference, as you know, those guys who sit in what's referred to as front of house, right? They're wearing all black. They're sitting by their laptops or the lighting desk or the sound desk. And they're watching you, waiting for you to just, just uh, die, okay? Just internally combust because you are boring the hell out of them and everyone in the rest of the room. So he sat at the back and said, I'm fixing the wrong problem here. And that analogy is like uh, making this beautiful garnish on a plate. And this tomato is sliced to perfection and the lettuce is the freshest from blah, 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 whatever. But then you get a really shitty steak, right? The content and the delivery, the message of a conference is that steak. And if the steak is shit, that's a bad meal. Yeah, I love that analogy. I mean, I mean, what do you have any stories or anecdotes that you can share? Yeah, no, look... Um all of what uh, Don's just said is very true. And, and what we've experienced in Bleep Bank <laughs> is exactly this. And, and we realized a couple of years ago that uh, the garnish is good, but the steak's bad. And so um, we started to look for um, partners and missing, we came across Missing Link. And, and, I, and I must say that things have changed a lot for us. And in fact, our conferences have now become something that staff talk about. Months before and months after. Right. And not necessarily awesome. because um, of the lights and the, and the smoke and the stuff around it, but the exciting message, the exciting way that this, the steak's being delivered. And I think that's sure. a real powerful Thanks, thing. Thanks, Christo. The, the checks in the yeah. How much did yeah. I was going to say? Were you paid to say that? <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this isn't a PR piece. Thank you. No. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, it's true though. I mean, you do, it's, it's chalk and cheese, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's almost like, especially in banks, I imagine, and old insurance companies, basically legacy companies, yeah. that conference has been the same for a Many long yeah. time. And our reality is that we only know what we've experienced before. So you take over from your predecessor and follow the same approach. I don't think in corporates we have the ability to, to shift ourselves. You've got to, I think, look outside. And I think a lot of coaching and training is required um, for non-entertaining people to be able to deliver a message differently. Mm. Right. Speaking of entertaining people, 
Donovan, this is uh, <laughs> a point where you should tell thanks, us. Thanks for giving me the heads up. Yeah, the other you, day, yeah, anyway. you should. Um, you should. Uh, <laughs> you are done. Totally tanked <laughs> on the previous episode. I'm hoping you're ahead of that. That's a anyway. strategy. Um, right. anyway. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but basically talking about Christo's point here around the entertainment. Yeah. Right. Because generally, there's a keynote speaker. So also we were talking about like I'm doing the opening keynote for the Digital Disruption Conference in November, but now what date in November? What time? It's uh well it's fine. You guys will help me with this. Talk, plug eh? plug, so, fantastic. Yeah, 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 no, it's fine. No, it's all sold out here eh? already. Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the point <laughs> like, but it's about the star is not what this whole thing is about. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like insert rich. I mean, how many times has he opened up conferences or whatever? And it's like, well, let's get this guy from the Singularity University because we're going to talk about disruption. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like Peter Diamandis or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So you bring the guy over and that's kind of like where the, the thinking or the back stops, right? Yeah. Um, Shaggy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's exactly it. That's the case in point. So, so uh, for a while, we were doing quite a bit of work with uh, Coca-Cola and their, their North Africa business unit, working with an incredible guy called uh, uh, Conrad uh, in Cairo. And he was telling me the one-liner story about how they had spent obscene amounts of money to get Shaggy to perform at their Mauritius conference on a boat. Um, Shaggy on a boat. And uh, well, the story went even further. I mean, he wouldn't he wouldn't get on stage without having had his uh, uh, Hennessy, his cognac. Uh, before even getting anywhere, he wouldn't even leave his hotel room. How much but was expensive? Sorry, just give us a ballpark. Uh, uh, it, it was it was uh, over a hundred thousand rand. Um, uh, it could even have been more. So, and that was just to kind of get him there. Uh, not about his accommodation. Not about his uh, <laughs> quite long tech I mean, rider. This was years and years this, ago. This was yeah, yeah. gosh, yeah, ages ago. So yeah, and I mean, it was just a case where I said, well, you know, what, what was the what was the message of that conference? It's like I can't remember. You know, and, and, and what, what were you trying to communicate there? Oh, it was just a great party. And it was just like, oh, Conrad, you know, we, we need to actually look at that uh, in a slightly different way maybe, you know, yeah. But how people do stuff is, uh, it, it boggles my mind. So we had a meeting, funnily enough, yesterday with one of these uh, other major corporations. I won't say if it's a bank or a private bank or very close to the Santon area. But was, it, was it one Fredman drive? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but we had this meeting and um, they were trying to decide. So they've, they split their conference into two different uh, phases. They've got their strategy conference, which is just the leaders. And then they have their bigger conference, which is the whole organization, right? And then it goes into the thousands. But what they were doing was getting the order incorrect. They were doing the future stuff first, and then they were doing the results second. And it seems so bizarre to me because you need to understand where you've come from, right, to be able to then help get your strategy to make sense. Okay, so this is what's happened, guys. This is where we are. This is what today looks like. And now our strategy moving forward is this. But they were switching it around and we asked why. And I said, no, it was just because of a a, a venue and when we could get certain dates. So the big area, they could only get later. (laughs) Instead of switching it around, they decided, well, just because of venue, we're going to do the future stuff first and then we're going to do the past stuff. Also, what happened with that is then the guys who were doing the strategy stuff on day one with the leaders had to redo the strategy stuff for the past stuff as well because they still needed to add a bit of that into it. And we're like, what Jesus, the hell? I mean, it's just, Jeez. and again, it's because over the years, and these guys have inherited this way of how this conference operates. And then, so yes, it was like, um, should we maybe, you know, relook at switching that around so that you have 
a you're driving from Joburg to Bloom and Bloom to Cape Town and not trying to get from Bloom to Cape Town and then flying to Joburg and then flying for driving from Joburg to Bloom again. Like it just seemed so so bizarre. But this is what happens. People inherit uh, inherit these uh, processes, as Krista said earlier, and they just fulfill it because. It's just another thing in the diary. Well, another way of saying it is because they're kind of leaving it up to chance. Is that fair to say? Uh, well, they're just leaving it up to... The way a, we've always done if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not realizing uh, zombies, it is broke. I guess. Not yeah. realizing it is broke. But also what they do is um, when you're organizing a conference, often people try and fill it with as much as possible. They're not clear around the one or two things they want to leave the staff. So you're going to talk about results. You're going to talk about the past. You're going to talk about the future. You're going to talk about <laughs> yesterday and digital and... Mike Transverse <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. And, it, and eventually it's just so confusing. And staff leave there not knowing what they need to take out of it. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck between this. Leave. It's like leaving it up to chance. It's like this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, but what's missing here is intent. So it's the intent behind the conference. It's the intent behind the content. It's yes. the intent behind the message. It's Correct. the intent behind how you structure day one versus day two. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, hey, we're going to shoot from the hip. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. We've developed something that we call the conference funnel. And if you think about a funnel at the top, it's quite wide and at the bottom, it's, it's a point, right? And uh, this is what happens is that, you know, imagine now you're getting these people from all across the business, sometimes from all across the country and their mindsets are all in different places. So it's quite wide. And the purpose of the conference should be through a series of well-timed uh, interventions, whether it's presentation here, video there, little facilitation here, whatever, that you're kind of getting them more and more and more aligned to a single point. So then everybody leaves, everybody has one clear vision of where they're supposed to be going at the end of it. And, 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 you know, up until possibly the next conference. And I think that that in itself, just having that thinking would be great, but unfortunately more often than not, it's too hodgepodge. I just want to um, link onto what you're saying, Donovan. Intent starts way before the conference. Oh, it yeah. starts with the invitation. 100%. It starts with the invitation. It starts with the way that you um, test at the end whether your message has landed. Everything has got to be aligned around that one thing that you want yeah. And that's a lot of prep it. that needs to happen beforehand, right? So we also worked on a conference uh, quite recently where the guys came in quite late with regards to, so I'm doing a talk and this one's doing a talk. And if if everyone isn't aligned and gone through that understanding of uh, what Donna was referring to with the conference funnel, if they don't know what that big message is and they're just saying something, if it doesn't apply to that, you can work as hard as you want on your presentation, but you're going to stand up on stage and you're just going to either confuse people, as Christo said, or you're going to stand up and people are just going to be like, okay, thanks, and this is going to go in one ear and out the other. It's not going to benefit your audience. Can we explore the funnel a bit more <laughs> now that you've landed this really amazing theoretical concept? <laughs> okay. what, what, what do you need to know, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know everything. <laughs> So basically, I mean, like, but I mean, Krista mentioned invitation. You mentioned the top of the funnel. People are arriving potentially from different divisions within the business, different mindsets, different KPIs or measurables or objectives. What you're trying to do is get them to galvanize around a particular outcome, vision, message, or whatever, right? So, so I mean, what what are the steps? I mean, there's the invitation, potentially the top of the funnel, but where do you go from there? So, I mean, look, it, it isn't 
you know, one size fits all. And I think that that's probably why, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit more of a generic funnel. But I mean, what you want to do is at the very least, start with a bit of a recap. If you had done the conference from before and you had a specific outcome, how have we measured ourselves against that outcome? Mm. Where are we now? Because you must understand that for the people presenting, it feels like you know, uh, uh, five minutes since we spoke to you last. You guys should have got this and run with it. But actually, it's been a year or it's been a, a long time and people need a reminder as to last year we set out to achieve these key things. Ah, let me tell you how we did. How is that that decision and where we are now going to impact how we're trying to get to the next level? Where are we going and why? Um, and it's it blows my mind because it's actually just taking information and packaging it in a simple and easy to digest, logical, whether it's chronological, but logical way of, of getting this stuff down to, okay, yes, reminding me about what we're trying to do and then reminding me that me as, as the, this area of the business or whatever, I now have to do these particular actions or behaviors that are going to, you know, it probably goes back to our uh, discussion around um, a victory condition. You know, we said it's, it's often not necessarily flying information, but it's flying to the same destination. And that's what we're trying to do. That's the, that's the point of the, of the yeah. funnel. Yeah. Can we talk about the broken stuff here? <laughs> Considering we've got Krista here, <laughs> your PR guy. Um, <laughs> but, um, but what is, I mean, when you pitched up at Missing Links offices, this isn't a PR piece, but I really want to identify for our listeners here like the broken stuff because it's endemic, right? You know, and you'll find commonalities between banks versus insurance companies versus even smaller, you know, sales, like sales guru, for instance. So what are some of the, in terms of your as being a client, I mean, in the process of working with Missing Link, what did you identify as kind of like the broken stuff? in your conference? Sure. I think there are quite a few things um, if you think about it. We spoke about intent, and I'm not sure that everyone's always clear on the intent. Um, another thing I think we often do, uh, don't do well. We don't understand where people are at. And you spoke about, uh, about understanding how people come from different, I guess, perspectives and points of reference. Um, and you've got to meet them where they are. If you don't do that, often you lose them. And then um, taking it further through Delivering or making sure that people understand, your conference attendees understand exactly what you want to leave with them. Um, and then every, everything around that. For me, conferences, um, there are two hugely important parts. There's the technical aspect, aspect around the lights and the show and the, and the, I guess, the PowerPoint presentation, the screens and all of those things. And then there's the, the creative element. And making sure that your uh, presenters are well rehearsed, they know how to present, and there's a lot of work to be to, to be done there specifically. I think that's a hugely broken piece, especially in, in a financial services environment where you've got a lot of CAs on the on the stage, and they being typical CAs. That's got to shift, I think. Yeah, but you, you're spot on. I mean, the amount of times that you know we get calls. I think I mentioned this the other day, Thursday afternoons. Ah, uh, oh, we're presenting at our conference on Monday. It's like buddy. You really should have given this some thought, and 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 there's a there's a direct correlation between the uh, effective delivery of a message and how well I know what I need to say. It, it's it's a confidence thing that that your audience sees right through it. Uh, you can tell this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, or you can tell he hasn't given this enough thought, and and that is a huge problem in in terms of the actual delivery. Training is a whole other thing, you know, but that in itself can solve a lot of the body language kind of issues and things like that. Is just knowing your shit. What I love is what Krista just said. Now is 
when he said the creative element ah. is mm. that's the delivery important part. That's the steak part, right? The garnish, most people say, oh, the creative side of a, of a, of a conference would be the garnish. lighting design and what the stage looks like and what the opening dance sequence needs to be because, you know, yeah. we always need industrial theater and things to make it all fancy. But uh, that's the point, right? It's, and it's actually it's beautiful uh, uh, to hear from people outside of us because we, I mean, we have drunk the Kool-Aid repeatedly. We, this is, we, we, we buy into this so much. We manufacture right? the Kool-Aid. Right. <laughs> Look into my veins, <laughs> right? So we believe this wholeheartedly, and to to hear other people feel that so that is the creative, but it really is, right? It's a it's a it's a it's a big thing. Look at the end of the day, with regards to conferences, you have to maximize the time you have with that large group of people that you have together. You, they're going to be uh, working together. They're going to be connecting with each other. They're going to be networking during lunches and teas and all the rest. But you have to maximize that time. And if you don't, your conference does suck. That's the yeah. absolute bottom line. So basically, fix the broken stuff, the presentations, not the entertainment. For sure. Exactly. I mean, we, we spoke quite a bit about, you know, the, the cost and the budget. But there's a flip side to that. I mean, imagine you can use this as an opportunity to shift your business by 10%. And you're a, a multi-billion rand financial services company. 10% is massive. I mean, it could be game-changing. You know, that translated into market share or whatever it might be could be, you know, huge. And it's it's this massive opportunity that's getting missed because – we're focusing on drinking Johnny Walker Black at the yeah. bar at two and in the really morning. And they really like Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> Shaggy's awesome. <laughs> Mr. Lobo Lobo. Yeah. <laughs> you did that so well. <laughs> Give a little bit of that, a little bit of this. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> but um, I want to pick up on this, this, um, this, this notion of cost. Because it's actually opportunity cost, which is what you're alluding to, right? Because what was the opportunity that you would have secured you know, versus the cost of you know, running a shitty conference. And so it's not to, I remember I was asking you right in the beginning, like, what yeah. does it actually cost you to do a, yeah. a, a conference? But actually, it's not about the event itself. It's not about the shaggy. What the budget? It's yeah, not about it's, getting Peter, Peter Diamantis there or the budget, right? It's actually a far broader yeah. discussion to, to be had, right? What do you think, Don? Or Christo? Sorry, that's me now. Or <laughs> yeah. Donovan? Yeah, anyone? No. Anyone? I think you're Work right. with me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Matt, you're absolutely right. Uh, again, I know it feels like we're beating this dead horse here, but it is. The budget is X, and that's what you pay people to do stuff for the conference. But what people don't budget for is the full cost of the time spent, all the salaries, and even if it's the eight-hour conference, times eight hours by the hourly salary of all the people in the room, times of what they could have been doing with those eight hours, um, and there's more, and you are, you're racking up the dollar dollar, right? Mm. I mean, that's, that's huge potential loss, massive. So ma maximize that time. Exactly. And I guess to echo Donovan's point here, this is about moving the needle for your business. For sure. Or creating Absolutely, an yeah. experience. Krista, uh, jump in at any yeah, point. Yeah. I also think it's an in incremental thing. The first year you run an effective conference gets people to think differently. Right. But it takes a couple of years for them to really align and to really... And I, I want to bring this back to a point Donovan ma uh, made earlier around recapping what we spoke about last year or during our last conference, maybe it was last quarter. But you've got, to re, you've got to connect the dots and build this thing slowly. Like Rome wasn't built in one day and, and neither is an effective conference and the opportunity cost relates to that. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So I think it was just to that point as well that um, what was it now about five years ago? Or so we we realized that we can only help our speakers a certain amount, and and we we started and we're gonna we're gonna do a whole episode on facilitation, but how you can actually cut down on the talk to the presenter, you know, one person speaking to many hundreds or thousands, and actually dial up the engage with because when people feel like they're kind of co-creating the way forward or they're uh, uh, you know learning through some kind of activity or whatever it might be again it just shakes up and breaks the you know sitting for hours and hours getting lectured to and being having to listen um, again you know whether it's fun learning through fun or learning through engagement it just creates different ways of learning and different ways of making con- uh, content meaningful mm. so, so that is what we refer to day two because typically you want to, because we know people will have the opscope at the end of day of of of, of day one. Uh, if we were doing a two day conference, day two, you can still engage with them, but in a, in a different way, where they're not sitting sweating out the Johnny Walkers from the night before, but they might be, uh, you know, learning something together or building something together, but but. Um, getting some very valuable sort of business insights as they go. Yeah. I just want to jump in here and connect to a, a point Donovan just made around um, putting people in a room and for hours and hours talking about stuff. In our experience, you know, we all know this. It's very hard to concentrate and absorb for mm. more than an hour, maybe an hour and 20 minutes. And I think that's one of the things that's broken. You know, you, we expect staff and our colleagues to sit in a room for four hours at end, at end and, and actually by the 90th minute they're disengaged. Yeah. You, can't, you can't absorb anymore and I think that's one of the elements that are broken. Yeah, it's cognitive dis- dissonance, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. So I guess what I want to kind of leave you guys with is what could you have achieved for your business if you did your conferences differently? I think that's kind of the takeout for our listeners. 100%. I think uh, for me, for anyone listening would be, look at the last conference you uh, organized or were a part of, just if you were just a punter, attendee, and think about how much you actually got from it uh, firstly, and then secondly, how much have you done after that? Because you can leave us like motivation. I love motivational speakers. <laughs> when I do a talk, favorites. it's always just a motivational speaker. I'll go and say, no, I'm actually not. Um, but it's motivational speakers do definitely motivate. Like you can, you can have movement in your pants uh, when some guy tells you that he walked, he moonwalked up Everest, right? To say, this guy <laughs> is outstanding. Okay. It's like, yeah, leg. <laughs> I want to, I want to moonwalk up Everest. And then, and you'll be inspired. You'll be motivated but then the next day you go back to the office and say this isn't Everest I can't moonwalk here right and then just the same old same old happens you need to have something that you can do beyond and if you've left a conference as a delegate uh, or if you've done feedback or asked for feedback and realized and seen how much stuff has or hasn't done or happened after a conference uh, and it's not much that's a fail yeah. and I think you need to that then start that has to re-looking. be the measure of success yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah do you know what um, earlier this year we um one of our annual roadshows, our theme connected to let's hack the expectations of our clients and to continue this, this um, the thinking around taking it beyond just the event. We made a promise to our staff that if you're able to hack the expectations, well, tell us the stories, tell us how you've hacked the expectations of, of, our staff, of, of your clients and we are going to send the best story, the best, best example. We're going to send someone overseas and that's, that's exactly amazing. what we did uh, earlier this week. We had a that's big awesome. function announced the winner of the hacking expectations story, and and that individual is going to be 
in Europe in um, in October. So very briefly, what did that person do? Do, do you know the Jeez, story? Oh, no, I'm not going to go into that no. detail. Okay, but, okay, yeah. okay. But they did something obviously there amazing There were so many enough. fantastic stories. And you had stories. Now, this is from a conference. People went out and they did stuff. Yes, it was incentivized, but geez, man, there is some amazing uh, opportunity to get your staff to do some amazing stuff. That's it, guys. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Thank you, Matthew. And uh, we're going to dive straight into facilitation, the ultimate day two in the next episode. And this is an extension of the conversation we've just had. So if you haven't done so as yet, jump into that following episode and we will see you there. This is Matt signing off. Cheers, guys. Yeah. And remember, if you would like to save your audiences from boredom and for all your leadership needs, check out msnglnk.com.